Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Story time. I had been a park ranger for several years, and I loved the solitude and beauty of the remote areas I patrolled. It was early winter, and I was out on a routine patrol, making sure that everything was in order and that there were no signs of po- Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Poachers or other illegal activities. As I was walking along a snow-covered trail, I noticed something strange in the snow ahead of me. At first, I thought it was just a set of footprints from a large animal like a moose or a bear. But as I got closer, I realized that these footprints were different. They were much larger than any animal I had seen before, and the shape was unlike anything I had ever seen. The footprints were also spaced much farther apart than any animal could manage, indicating that whatever had made them was incredibly fast and powerful. I followed the footprints, trying to keep my excitement and curiosity under control. The snow was deep, and I had to trudge through it, but I couldn't resist the mystery of the prints. As I followed the trail deeper into the woods, I became aware of a strange feeling that I was being watched. It was an eerie sensation, and I couldn't shake it off, no matter how hard I tried. Suddenly, I heard a loud noise that made me jump. I turned around quickly and saw a dark shape moving quickly towards me. It was the creature that had made the footprints, and it was headed straight for me. I froze in terror, unsure of what to do. The creature lunged at me, and I stumbled backward, barely managing to avoid its attack. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before. Its body was covered in thick fur, and it had long, sharp claws and teeth that glinted in the dim light. It was much taller than any human, and its eyes glowed a bright yellow in the darkness. I scrambled to my feet, my heart pounding in my chest. I tried to run, but the creature was too fast. It chased me through the woods, its hot breath on my neck, and its claws tearing at my jacket. I was certain that I was going to die, that this creature was going to tear me apart and eat me alive. But suddenly, as quickly as it had appeared, the creature vanished into the night. I was left alone in the woods, my heart still racing and my mind reeling with fear and confusion. What had I just seen? Was it some sort of legendary cryptid, a creature that only existed in myth and legend? I made my way back to the ranger station, my thoughts consumed by the strange encounter. I knew that I had to report what I had seen, but I also knew that no one would believe me. Who would believe that I had come face to face with a creature that was supposed to be nothing more than a legend? My friend and I used to go to South Padre Island every summer because his dad lived there. We were usually left to our own devices and would stay out late trying to pick up girls one night we're walking home from the beach and we both notice a light on a dock flicker on. There was a figure standing out there under the light. It was far enough away we couldn't make out details, but the water was really misty that night and it seemed very eerie. We decide to pick up our pace and get home quickly. Just as we start walking briskly, the light we're under turns off. We sprint as fast as we can and the lights kept turning off and then back on after we get past them. We made it home and both locked every door to the house we could find. I still have no idea what that was about, but I do know salt air causes havoc on electrical equipment. Maybe it was that?
It was early October in 2018, and we had just moved to the area almost a year ago. It's a small house in a one-off cul-de-sac. The closest thing to civilization is a church across the street, and everything else is roads, neighborhoods, or woods. There's a healthy amount of trees in between the neighborhoods, giving a nice sense of privacy. Out of all the eight or so houses on this street, only our house had access to the woods surrounding the street. My mother was ecstatic about the house, as she always enjoyed the woods. I always got a creepy feeling from them, but figured it was just my anxiety. At the time, I was grounded due to some poor grades, which left me bored most of the time. I figured that since I had seen a ton of deer through our back window, I'd go exploring a little bit and see if there was anything interesting. The woods aren't terribly dense directly behind us, but definitely got a lot more so if you went further in. I explored a while, finding a few deer bones and skulls, they even had the antlers attached, I thought it was really cool, a whole car, albeit missing the wheels and guts, and a lot of trash. I got an old plastic container and started collecting the things I found interesting, and kept it in the back of the old car. I did this for about a week, gathering about three skulls, a handful of bones, some glass bottles, and a few other things I can't remember at the moment. Over the weekend I didn't end up going out, as it was stormy. The following week, I wanna say Wednesday, after the ground dried up, I ventured back out. I went into the car to refresh my memory on how many things I had collected, and the deer skulls and bones were gone. I was confused, and assumed some animal picked them up and trotted off with them, so I went about looking around for them, or new things to collect. As I looked around, I noticed the antlers of a deer skull deeper into the woods. I don't normally go back there, especially since it's technically part of our neighbor's property, but I figured I could just pop over and grab it. As I picked up the skull, I noticed a bone a few feet away sticking out of the leaves. I figured I might as well grab it too, so I picked it up too. As it picked it up, I quickly realized it had a bit of blood and sinew on it, which was alarming to say the least. I quickly dropped it, wiped my hands on my jeans, and walked away, leaving what I assumed to be the buzzard's meal alone. As I approached the car, skull in hand, I noticed something moving in the trees a little beyond it. I froze, assuming it's an animal, not wanting to spook whatever it is. I get scanned the area, and see what I now would call a crawler, a little past the car, eyes trained on me. Near white skin, skinny to the point I swear I could see its ribs, naked, hunched over, almost full black eyes, the whole nine yards. As soon as I make eye contact with it, it runs off before I can really react. After that, I went inside and I honestly don't go into the woods back there anymore. Not to mention someone bought the extra property back there and decided to build a house there. That critter is their problem now. Recently, after seeing a string of similar encounters, including this one that my father directed me to, reminded me of the incident, and I figured that I would investigate it a little more. I couldn't find anything on Reddit besides someone telling me it's fake. For context, we've lived in this house since 2017, and while I've heard the odd animal noise, I haven't seen any evidence of the thing since. Along with this, I haven't gone anywhere near that old car since, let alone the woods themselves. 
I've only heard of the odd encounter from some of the farm folks I talk to, and from online posts from the surrounding areas slash states. I haven't witnessed much else that would be considered super slash unnatural, and I don't really automatically believe anything talking about supernatural things unless there's evidence, but this seems at least somewhat solid. Overall, I don't know what to think about all this. What do y'all think? I saw a grey wolf type animal just standing on its hind legs on a sandbar up the river about 1000 foot away, I watched it for at least 2 minutes I thought it was a man or that I was seeing things but it turned and I saw the profile of its long nose and I ran for my life, my dog did too. The whole time I was running up out of that mountain valley I was convinced I was dead. I was pretty far out, and I never went back. I was at my summer house in the Swedish archipelago, and while it's not that secluded it's quite sparsely populated. Anyways one night I was out taking a piss before going to bed, and then I hear a baby crying out. At first I thought it was one of the kids from the house down the hill. Then I looked at that house and noticed that there was no car parked up front, and no signs of someone being home. I did not get much sleep that night. In April of 2015, I moved to Junction City, Kansas after recently being married in March of that same year. I married quick and young to be with my partner at the time while he was stationed at Fort Riley, Kansas. I was born and lived my life before this time on the East Coast, so moving to the middle of the country was a huge change in my life. I was a senior in college, and I left before graduating to go be with him. He told me that it was not a real relationship unless I was living with him. Even though I have family kind of spread out throughout the states, I did not have any family in Kansas or in the nearby states. The first few months of living in Kansas was a shock to my system. The person that I married changed drastically and I felt like I did not know the person I just decided to move halfway across the country to be with. The relationship quickly became abusive. And as the months went by I was scared and felt that I was trapped. I could not reach out to talk to anyone about what was going on, I would be threatened and with his stature of being in the military, and that no one would believe me. My family was also threatened during this time, if I reached out to them, either I would get hurt or they would. The only reason I am mentioned this part of the story is to provide some background details that I think are important for the real story in this comment. I felt like I had nowhere to go, and on nights where I did not want to be home, I would get in my car and drive to a nearby lake. The lake was called Milford Lake, and it provided me comfort since I grew up near a town with that same name. When I did not feel safe, I would go to this lake and would look at the stars. If I tried to go to a hotel or motel, my cards would be traced and he would go there looking for me. I first was introduced to this lake when we were required to go to this mandatory fun outing for his workplace. Since then, I'd always go to the same spot. Depending on how you were getting to the lake, there were two ways to get to this spot. The way I would typically go would take me on a drive over a dam that was high up. On one side there was the lake and on the other was land and a couple more spots of water. 
It was a long straight ride and I would turn left to go down this slightly slanted rocky road that led down to this area that led into a circle. There was covered picnic seating on the right when driving by, and there was a little playground on the left in the circle of the small rock path and parking was usually more forward. There was a bench that I would always sit at. This was a great spot to look over the water. To the left, you could see the dam with the road that was used to get there. Looking more left, you could see some small wooden areas that were far off and were at the base of the dam. Looking to the right was water and lots of trees. This area was not lit at night, and to be fair, I was not supposed to be there after a certain time. I was told only once by a park ranger to leave, but other than that the area was pretty isolated when the sun would go down. On one night in the year 2016, I did not want to go home after work and after picking up some food, went to the lake to watch the sunset. I did this often, and would take time to calm down and enjoyed being by myself in the quiet. There was a couple other people nearby in their cars, but left once the sun went down. At this point, I went for a drive to kill some time until it got darker. I never have seen the stars so clearly as I did in Kansas, I really love this about the area. Around almost midnight, I drove back to the lake and drove down the small rocky path past the picnic area on the right, past some parking spaces and parked about 5 feet to the left of the bench that I would sit at. In my car, I had a blanket that I would use to put down on the ground to lay down to look at the sky, so I grabbed that and walked to an area that was about 10 feet away from my car to the right and laid down the blanket on the cement ground. I did not like to go into the grassy area in the middle of the circle cause the ground would dip in places and I did not want bugs crawling on me. Every 10 minuets or so, I would sit up and would look around. Checking to see if there were any cars or animals. Even if I didn't hear anything, I would just scan the area and would go back to sitting or laying down to check out the sky. About 40 minuets into stargazing, I had an uneasy feeling and sat up. Once again I scanned and didn't see or hear anything so I started to look at the sky again. Only a few seconds after looking at the sky, I felt that feeling again but it was stronger. I stood up and looked around the area this time. To my left, far away near the base of the dam with the road on it, I noticed some movement. At this point, I was not scared but became cautious of that. I've encountered deer in this area before, and believed that this was probably one of those instances. The wooded area was also far away, and because of the distance, I did not feel like it was a threat. Even if it was a coyote or something similar. I told myself that I would look back over once the song that was playing on my phone was done and would adjust from there and sat back down. Before the song could finish, I felt something that I haven't felt before. My stomach dropped, and I felt fear. True fear and as soon as I went to grab my phone I heard clear as day, move. I jumped to my feet and immediately looked to the base of the dam near the wooded area to my left. The figure that I noticed was closer than it was before and at this moment I knew that it was coming for me. That it appeared to be on a beeline to where I was. The amount of distance that this figure covered in the short amount of time startled me and I quickly grabbed the blanket and bundled it up with my right hand inside of it and started unhooking my keys from my belt buckle to hold in my left. I started power walking to my car. For some reason, I did not run. 
I did not want to run and let whatever it was coming out of the woods to see that I noticed it. While trying to present as much as a clam demeanor as I could, I focused on my car and did not want to look at what was in the distance. That is when I heard the sounds of rocks being stepped on that were not my own. Once again, the area that I last noticed the figure was in a grassy area and it was about halfway from the base of the dam and my car. The fact that I heard something on the gravel meant that it traveled over 75% of the distance from the dam and was now almost equal distance from where I was to the car. My car was in the middle and we were both walking right towards each other. I looked up to gauge where the animal was and what I saw was not an animal. I do not remember seeing any fine details of the figure. It was completely white and in my memory, it was tall and walked very rigidly. I cannot recall any face structure or even clothes. I do not know how to convey the feeling of dread and terror that I felt in that moment. Even as I type this, my heart hasn't slowed and I had to take a few breaks and come back. I quickly looked at my car and started to almost run to my car's door. While I was approaching my car's door, I could see the figure in the corner of my eye and noticed that it was still moving the same way as it was doing before. It did not make any sounds. It did not break into a run, it did not lunge at me. I threw the items I was holding into the back once I opened the door and turned on my car. As soon as my headlights turned on, the figure was within 10 feet of my car and was in front of it. I threw my car into reverse and while backing up, I saw that the figure now broke into what appeared to be a run toward me. I pressed on the gas and took a left to go back up the rocky path that I used to get down and while I was driving up the path I looked in the review mirror and could see that this figure was now running after my car. I still do not recall anything that the figure was wearing. As soon as I got up the rock path and was on the road I drove as fast as I could to get away from that area and when I looked back I did not see the figure. That night I did not go home. I didn't know what to do and had a massive breakdown while shaking in my car and crying. I drove straight to a Walmart that was over two hours away and stayed in the parking lot until morning. I thought that I was having a moment of psychosis from all the stress that I was going through in this time in my life. I have played this over in my head countless times and still am not sure what happened that night. I never felt that feeling of terror again, and now I never go anywhere alone late at night. For years I have had nightmares of that white figure following me from the woods. I genuinely could not explain it and thought that I was crazy. It didn't feel normal and I never spoke about it until a few years ago to my partner. He told me to look up killer clowns in 2016, and said that the area that I was in at the time had sightings. I don't remember what the figure I saw was, and even if it was a person. That means that they were standing at the base of a dam late into the night and waited by themselves for a person to be alone. I also couldn't make sense of the distance that was covered in that short amount of time. It was very difficult for me to write this story. This was the most terrifying moment of my life, and I can't make sense of it. I no longer live in Kansas and I'm no longer married. That being said, I still do not feel safe when alone in nature. I grew up living in the countryside in Scotland. My village was small and surrounded for miles with fields and farmhouses. I definitely wouldn't say it was as rural or secluded as the highlands but there were miles and miles that just felt uninhabited. 
seeing my fair share of creepy things in the woods I would frequently wander through with friends or by myself. I would regularly camp in the woods with small groups of friends and a good few times by myself. One night I got home from high school and realized I had forgot my keys and got locked out resulting in me having to wait from 5pm to around midnight when my dad finished work and could stop by to let me in. I could have gone round to a friend's house but adventure was calling and I had a stash of beers in my garden at the time so figured a walk and a few beers would kill the time nicely. The initial walk was fine and I made my way out to the woods I encircled around the village a few miles out. There were no issues aside from not wearing boots and it was a good walk, especially with beer. I was heading back about 11pm and was nearing the village, maybe about a mile or so to go. At one point the route I was following back split in two. One route took me along a river and the other went to the left of the river and rose into about a 50 foot ridge. I opted for the latter to try and catch the last glimpses of the sunset. I'll admit at this point I was getting a little tired, very hungry and quite tipsy but I definitely wasn't drunk and there was absolutely no way I could be drunk enough to hallucinate. As I got to the top of the ridge I noticed what I assumed was the last pieces of sunlight reflecting off the river through the trees. As I got further along the ridge I noticed that the reflections were actually candles and then noticed the candles were being carried by what I can only describe as figures in black KKK style robes. I froze in a half crouch looking right down at them and the woods were silent. After a few seconds of trying to process what I'm looking at the figures stopped walking and just turned their freaking heads right at me. I stood there for probably a few seconds but it felt like an hour. I couldn't make out any faces just the outlines of their robes but they definitely looked human, all various heights and weights. After this brief standoff I just bolted along the ridge to a hedgerow and just launched myself over slash through it fueled by a few beers and sheer adrenaline not looking back once. I have no idea what would have happened if I opted for the other route as it would have put me right in front of the bizarre procession. I had only ever heard of one other story about cloaked figures wandering through those woods and never found out who or what it was all about. There are two churches that back onto some fields in the direction I had this encounter and given how close they were to the village I guess they must have been locals. One of the churches is very secretive with fences surrounding their compound, CCTV, security and the odd fact that none of the members actually reside in the village. I'll share my encounter on US 20 at Tapley Woods of a dogman over roadkill which I documented with another reporting site. Late evening on a weekend trip to see my parents in Galena, Illinois. 5 minutes from Tapley Woods State Natural Area, Illinois, driving my cargo van 45 to 50 miles per hour past the rest stop slash hunting registration area exit. On the north of the road going west. I noticed a dark figure stooping over roadkill. It was jet black. When our eyes met, its white burning evil glare shook my soul in absolute fright and knowledge this was not just an animal but demonic. I gunned my old van to the limit as I feared it would chase me because I could feel the stare from the passenger door rear mirror. I pick up two invasive thoughts, leave and forget. In five minutes, I was at my parents' home and went to the guest room closing the shades of a floor to ceiling window right next to my bed. 
I did not think of that experience until I saw an artist's depiction of a canine variant with three all black and burning white eyes. Later I found another account from an elderly couple, a black white-eyed wolfman had run across the road in front of them driving at night on Blackjack Road in the same Joe Davies County, not more than 20 miles away, 125 miles from the famous Beast of Bray Road incidents. My brother, who works for the FBI, has also lived in the area with his wife and has said the property security found a dead deer 20 feet in a tree. I think only African leopards stash their prey in trees but nothing does that in North America? I suppose a car could hit something that hard but the winding roads would never let you get up that speed and no reports of a crash. After that, in the winter, 500 feet before a convenience store on the road, I saw a giant all-black dog or a wolf. It crossed very casually even though my muffler is a bit loud. I caught up with security just ahead of the wolf and asked if he saw that monster canine in its rearview mirror. No, he said. I googled if wolves were seen in Illinois at that time. Only once in 50 years and if it was a dog there are strict leash laws and fines who would let that out. My father and I spent some time camping along Highway 49 in California's Gold Country at a campsite that was on the Merced River arm of a lake where not many people ventured out to. On this particular trip us, some guy prospecting his mining claim, and a conversion van that just sat about one campsite over were the only occupants at the campground. Halfway through our trip someone is banging on our trailer door at 2 a.m. As if that isn't creepy enough. And it turns out to be the sheriff asking if we had noticed anything in particular about the van sitting two sites over. Somewhat freaked out, we told him no and went back to sleep. The next day we inquired with the campground ranger who told us the guy was three days late. Checking out and he called the sheriff who found a deceased man in the van. Turned out to be natural cause, so we finished our camping trip but it still creeps me out knowing I was going about my business all weekend mere feet from a dead person. I live in a small town, around 7,000 people, in the suit of Sweden so it's still kinda secluded, especially at night. I still cannot explain what me and my friends saw. The thing about our town is that it gets very quiet close to midnight. This particular night I followed my friend home since she lives in a bad area, time was around 22.30. As usual the only sound was our footsteps and the occasional car passing, about one every 10 minutes or so. Me and my friend were talking about life when everything went very quiet, I could clearly hear my own breathing. This made both me and my friend stop and have a look around. We were standing in the middle of a schoolyard when we saw a bright light. At first we thought it was a firework or something, but it made no sound at all. It moved past us at roughly 30 km an hour, around 5 meters off the ground. Flew in a straight line before it reached a couple of trees where it sped up and flew away out of sight, still silent and in a straight line. I've tried looking up what it could have been and the closest I've come to finding out is that the ball, roughly the size of a football, was a ball lightning. I'm still not sure since it was a clear winter night, we rarely have thunderstorms in the winter. The ball didn't have any lightning striking out from it either, 
It was just a bright white light floating in a straight line, completely silent. I have lived in southern New Jersey all my life, and naturally have heard all the stories about the Jersey Devil. I haven't believed all of them, but I do believe that the Jersey Devil, or something cryptid, is out there. In the summer of 2006, some friends of mine and I took a ride to the Pine Barrens, about a 30-minute drive. We weren't looking for anything in particular but were hoping we would see something along the lines of proof of the existence of the Jersey Devil. We were on Bulltown Road, near Batstow Village where we had heard of a lot of sightings and some strange things going on around there. As we were driving we passed by an old abandoned house and thought nothing of it. After a while of not seeing much aside from deer and an occasional owl, we decided to turn around. As we went by that old house, we saw what appeared to be bright green eyes peering out a window. Armed with just flashlights, we began to drive up to the house, but then the eyes disappeared. Next, a noise caught the attention of me and my friend who was in the front seat with me. She shone her flashlight in time for us to see something swoop over the car. By the time we could react to it, nothing was around. We went outside to investigate, but all that could be found were hoof prints in the sandy soil. The prints were too big to be deer and too small to be horse. As far as what swooped over the car, it was dark in color but was large, larger than any bird that I know of. On July 11, 2020, at approximately 22 hours, in Schuylkill Haven, Pennsylvania, my son and I were on top of the roof after observing the local fireworks show. The fireworks had ended five plus minutes prior to this. He was positioning his camera towards the constellation of the Big Dipper, Ursa Major, in order to photograph Comet Neowise. I noticed something moving. The object, as best as I can describe it, was the shape of a manta ray as you would see it in the ocean looking at its underbelly from below the creature. This object moved quite fast from right to left almost directly above us. My son then saw the object and turned attempting to photograph it. I lost sight of the object after only maybe three seconds of seeing it move, but he said he saw the object make a turn and backtrack toward where it came from before losing sight of it. We both described the object as almost translucent with no visible lights at all. Earlier I was flying my Typhoon drone to photograph the fireworks, so the size was similar, but moving much faster. I am unsure if the object was 300 plus feet above us, or higher and larger than the drone, though the speed tells me it was lower. Again this was not a drone or any type of aircraft. It made no noise and had no visible wings. The entire episode lasted maybe 3 to 5 seconds. By the way, I have been a police officer in this town for over 20 years. I used to go camping a lot, and had a weird experience out in the woods. My then boyfriend and I were camping with some friends on a large piece of privately owned property inside a national forest. One of our friend's family owned the land, but nobody lived there full time, the property was partially cleared, and the cleared acreage had a trailer house, barn, equipment shed, well house, etc. It was surrounded by a barbed wire fence to keep their cattle in, 
and a gravel road ran along the inside of the fence line. Their property extended outside the fence, into uncleared forest, and merged with forestry service land. We camped at the fence line. We were told not to cross the fence by ourselves, and stay in the cleared area to be safe. Most of the people in our friend group were from the city and not accustomed to the forest. My boyfriend, me, and a friend of his who didn't have a tent were sleeping in my tent. I had the nylon flaps all open to let air flow through the mesh windows because it was a warm night. I was la- When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Laying on an air mattress next to the back window, facing the fence and forest. I woke up in the middle of the night, feeling like someone was up and about. But I listened and didn't hear any of my other friends out of their tent. Something moving in the forest caught my eye. It was a dark human shape slowly peeking out from behind a tree and I assume looking at the camp. It would lean away from the tree, then slowly duck back behind it. It was all dark, from head to where the legs disappeared into the low underbrush. I couldn't see clothes, a face, a flashlight, or anything. Just a dark human shape. I watched it long enough to convince myself that it wasn't a shadow, and turned over to wake my boyfriend up and tell him I think somebody is out in the forest. He looked out the window but only saw some movement off in the trees, and I couldn't spot it again either. He had me switch places with him so he was next to the window and we went back to sleep. The next day, nobody from our group admitted to being out of their tents overnight. It couldn't be a neighbor. They were few and far between and likely wouldn't trespass. Same with a camper or hiker. Public areas of the forest were too far away. I have no idea what I saw. But it was really weird. Back in the early 90s my dad was fishing with some buddies somewhere in Maryland, I think, on his friend's small fishing boat. It was another one of their overnight trips, something he did a lot after my parents divorced. This one night, dad and another friend, there were about four of them, were on lookout for ships that might run down their little wooden boat. Dad said it was so dark you couldn't see your hand in front of your face, making it easy to spot even the smallest light source on the water. After a while dad noticed a big green light off in the distance. At first he thought it was a school of bioluminescent critters or maybe even another boat, but as it got closer realized something was just very off about it. The light was underwater and in a perfect circle. He's no marine biologist, but my dad knows his shit about marine life. 
He knows about bioluminescent critters. He used to spend a lot of time telling me about them when I was a kid. Whatever this was, it was not a school of bioluminescent critters. The light went right under the boat and stopped for a few seconds as if it was studying it, then went on its way. It lit up the entire boat with the brightest green light dad had ever seen, so bright that he could see every detail on his friend's horrified face. He says he guessed it was around 300 feet in diameter. My dad's a big believer in alien life and government cover-ups, and I think this encounter is what really sparked his interest. He says if it wasn't an alien craft, it was probably some kind of secret government craft. The only other encounter I've ever found online like it was this one in California. I live in a house up next to the Devil's Backbone near Loveland, Colorado. The area around our house is just urban enough for us to have a house there and about three neighbors, but wild enough for a herd of about 40 elk to come marching through our yard during migration. One night in 2002, I was watching TV with my parents. My mom went to take one of our dogs out. They went out and came back a few minutes later. My mom came back and told my dad and me that there was something out there. This is, according to her, what happened. She went out to the dog pen with the dog. Just from experience, I know that the outside lights on that part of the house only illuminate the driveway and half of the dog pen. The dog began sniffing about for a place to do its business and went over to the darker end of the pen. There was just enough light reaching that end to see the dog going up against the fence. I don't remember exactly, but at some point, while she was in the shadows, my mom said she heard a loud, terrifying feline growl come from that end of the pen. The dog, of course, bolted immediately for the light at the opposite end of the pen. It was scared out of her wits. Thus my mom was convinced that the time was right to return to the house. I thought about this for some time. The only non-cryptid animals in the area capable of producing anything like this noise were foxes and raccoons, there were no mountain lions in the area at the time. But from my mom's description of the sound, it would have to have been a larger creature. Also, the dog that was involved has a reputation for being able to detect foxes easily, and there hadn't been any raccoon sightings, at least in our neighborhood, for years. This, however, is about as far as I got before I moved on to other things. I didn't think about the noise again until this summer, 2006. Every day I go on a hike up the Devil's Backbone Trail with the same dog from the previous account. I had a lot of time to think during those hikes and, as I said before, the strange noise came to mind. I tried to come up with an animal that would fit the description and ended up with nothing. To my knowledge, there were no cryptids in Northeast Colorado. The closest cryptids were the Colorado River Lizards, but they're in Southern Colorado. I continued my hike and let my mind wander to other things. Then, something in the dirt caught my eye. I stopped and bent down to examine it. It appeared to be a footprint of some kind. Most of the dirt around the print was too hard packed to make much of a footprint with only a thin layer of loose dust. But occasionally, as was the case, there would be a small patch of dirt loose and thick enough to make a decent print. The print was about 3.5 inches wide and 3.5 inches long with three, thick, bird-like toes. 
From what I've seen of the trail wildlife, there isn't anything big enough to make a decent track much less one as strange and bizarre as this. Of course, it got me really excited and I searched for more footprints like it. There was evidence of other footprints leading up to the original, but they were on the pack stuff and therefore, were not very legible. As I said, I got really excited and promptly began beating myself up for not having a camera with me. Fortunately, the backbone was shielding most of the wind, the print was off on the side of the trail and there was enough gravel to keep its shape long enough for me to go back home, we live very close to the trailhead, get a camera and snap a few photos, see picture. On my way back, I also managed to find some other tracks like it in more footprint friendly soil and snap some shots of it too. This one actually had some fairly legible prints around it in a running pattern but they were too far apart for me to snap in one shot. I'm tempted to say that the mysterious footprints are connected somehow to the mysterious animal from the previous account. I lived in a small, but not terribly isolated, town in central Alabama. My family lived in a trailer park near a small patch of woods with a railroad track running through the middle. I was driving home one night, late. Maybe 12 to 1 in the morning. As I'm driving up to the tracks, preparing to stop, I see what I originally believed to be a big buck standing at the edge of the woods on the opposite side of the road near the stop sign at the train tracks. So, as I come to a stop, I angle my car slightly so my headlights shine on him. I wanted to get a good look at him because he was massive and I wanted to count his points. As my headlights fall over him, I realize what I'm seeing is, in fact, not a buck, but what appears to be a huge wolf. And I got a great look at it. My headlights lit him up perfectly. He didn't run off or anything. He just stood there. Not motionless, like he was fake, which was my first thought, but holding his ground. After a few seconds, I just left. It terrified me. I know what I saw and I know it was huge. I've seen lots of deer and that is what it definitely wasn't, but I don't think there are wolves in Alabama. And besides, I know they're big, but I don't think they're that big. Never saw it again. Pretty sure no one believes me. I was by myself at my camp off of Cypermort Point, Louisiana. I was getting it ready for the upcoming summer season by giving it a good cleaning and making sure all the plumbing and electricity was working and getting my boat ready for a summer of fishing and skiing. That night I was sitting out on the dock just drinking a beer and watching the moon and there was three little lights that just appeared in the sky and seemed to move impossibly fast and change directions instantly. They traversed the entire skyline in a matter of seconds. If you have ever taken one of those tiny laser pins and swirled it across your ceiling that's what it looked like. Only there was three of them. They were gone as soon as they appeared but as soon as they disappeared the weather changed and the water became crazy rough from out of a dead calm just a few minuetta before. The wind got so strong that I had to go inside. I was staring out of the window over the water trying to wrap my head around what just happened and this boat appeared with no running lights and pulled into the jetty next to my camp and disappeared down the canal. I don't know if or of all those things are related but it freaked me out a little. 
I tried to tell somebody about it when I got back home the first person I told gave me the stupid look like I was crazy and I haven't talked about it since. This occurred on September 3, 2019, between 6, 6.30 p.m. I was sitting on a park bench in North Issaquah Highlands in Lead Park. It sits directly on the north side of a Marshalls department store. I'm sitting on one of the two benches facing south. My view is looking dead at the wall of the department store to the front, and there's a small little forest of trees behind me. I'm on the foremost eastern bench because I can see the southern sky above the building. I'm gazing up at the sky and I barely see way off in the distance a couple of parachutes. From where I was to where they are was about 2 to 3 miles away, but still on my sight. In fact, if I were to walk 50 feet to the left, I could see all the parachutes flying from my vantage point. The actual parachutes appeared like little black dots with a colored parachute on top of them from where I stood. As I looked at the parachutes, I noticed above them was a darker and bigger black dot. It was above them a couple thousand feet or so. It had wings. It was flying in a giant circular motion like an eagle but it was flying upwards. This was no eagle, I thought. It was flying in a vortex going upward. I couldn't believe it. It would flap its wings looking like it was climbing in a struggle. Like a giant sloppy bat. This was very scary to see. It was directly over the parachuters. I'm watching it ascend even to greater heights. The wingspan was at least twice as large as that of the parachuters. I couldn't believe my eyes. I watched it disappear into a black flat bottom cloud. I could still see the parachutes but this creature went into this cloud that was coming approximately in my direction. I followed this cloud for about 30 minutes just trying to see if it would pop out somewhere. It was up there somewhere. This creature was gigantic in size. It literally looked like a dragon. All I could do was call the parachute company the next morning. I told the owner everything I had seen. He was very polite. The location where they parachute is called Poo Poo Point and Tiger Mountain Hang Gliding. My sighting happened directly over the hotspot gliding area, which is full of hang gliders. So, me, if I would rather not say my age, and M, female also would not like to share their age, we're going on a walk with her dog Henry. We weren't going far, only down a little trail in her backyard. On our way over to the trail she informed me that a few people had been chased away from the trail and that last time she went down the trail with her brother, L, they found an active, still going, campfire. And didn't know who it belonged to. She also informed me that if Henry started barking we needed to run as fast as we could back no matter what. And also that if we saw anything that could be related to a human being there, we need to run to her grandma's house or back to her house. Also, while I'm writing this she's telling me that there has been D-dealers and other potentially dangerous people in those woods who ran into her yard and got arrested. I don't even know why we went, but we did. As we were walking down the trail Henry was sniffing more than usual. We didn't think of it because the breed of dog he is, Wymeroner, was bred for hunting and sniff a lot so we kept going. About halfway through the trail I told her I heard knocking, but she said it was Henry sniffing. 
I pressed on and said it was definitely knocking and she didn't believe me. We continued on even though I really didn't wanna, I never told her because I was stupid, and we were approaching her grandma's house which was where we were going the whole time. As soon as we stepped off the trail and I thought we were safe. Beep beep. My heart sank and she ran. I followed but I'm the least athletic person on planet earth so I couldn't keep up. She ran and hid and I followed. She said I've heard that noise before deep deep in the woods, I don't know what it is. I was freaking out on the inside but was silent on the outside. I really didn't know what to do. M said on the count of three we run. I nodded. One, two, three and we ran. I was so tired it wasn't even funny and then she said take Henry's leash he'll protect you, I'm faster than you. And remember keep running until we are at my house. So I took the leash and ran. When we got to her house we kinda calmed down and then I wrote this. This all happened today. Edit, we also saw a white figure on the way back to her house. My parents live on an island that is about 50 years behind in every conceivable way, but they like being on the water so fine. For a couple of years after college I lived with them. I admit that even though it was the ass end of nowhere it could be incredibly beautiful. I miss the stars. One night a neighbor around the corner asked if I could keep an eye on her kids. I was there a couple of hours and then I walked home. It wasn't far. A straight shot is maybe 500 feet. But I stepped onto the gravel road and it was like everything just got swallowed by black. No lights across the water, no stars, no moon. I got lost. 500 feet from my door and I couldn't figure out where I was walking. I really don't know what happened. It wasn't foggy, definitely overcast. This was a small neighborhood with nothing around it, but the few houses were pretty densely packed together. In the spring slash summer slash fall people generally don't put house lights on because they attract the shit ton of insects that exist purely to invade your house, so that didn't help either. Eventually I bumped into the fence our neighbor across the street had at the front of his driveway, and I just sort of fumbled my way home from there. I grew up in Ohio but decided to go to Colorado for college. For the first two summers of undergrad I would come home for the summer. My dad would fly out from Ohio and he and I would drive my car home together from Colorado. We'd usually camp in KOA, Campgrounds of America, campgrounds along the way, which are usually very crowded. One night we were tired from driving and decided to stay at Ocoa in Lawrence, Kansas. For whatever reason, there weren't a ton of people, especially in the section where tents were allowed. The section where you could put up tents backed up to a chain-link fence that was about 8 feet high and on the other side of the fence was corn fields for a ways. We set up our tent and went to grab some dinner, then came back to the campground, each had a beer, and then went to sleep. Sometime much later that night I woke up and had to pee. I put on my shoes and found my flashlight. I unzipped the tent and made my way to the bathhouse. On the way back from the bathhouse I heard a weird sound coming towards me at an alarming speed. By the time I could piece together that the sound was someone running, a man in a hoodie ran in front of my path, about 5 feet from me, me at a sprint, 
scaled the chain-link fence and ran out into the corn field in the darkness. I suddenly felt like I couldn't breathe and then it occurred to me that I'd better book it back to the tent ASAP. I checked my watch and it was around 3.30 am. I did everything I could to convince myself that is was just some drunk kid messing around in the campground so that I could get back to sleep. It probably was just that, but I've still never seen anyone scale a fence so quickly to this day. It was unreal. My dad used to take long walks on the roads around our house with his dog. Most everything is thick, deciduous forest with open, hilly farmland in between. Some areas of the forest were planned subdivisions, but the projects were abandoned slash never started, so there are many old gravel slash dirt roads cutting through the brush. The most hidden dirt road started about a mile from our house, ran through very thick woods, and popped out about half a mile on the other side. My dad, walking his dog at night, sees a figure at the entrance to the road, it was what looked like a man, shirtless, and with no light. He snapped a picture of the man standing there, looking straight at him, the camera flash turned his eyes bright red. Some time later, we ventured back down the road, and there was a little living area halfway down. There was a little bit of food, a raised bed built into a tree, and some stuffed animals lying around. It was probably just a homeless man living there, but it still scared the hell out of me. My boyfriend and I were on a hike in the mountains of Colorado and were unaware it was a secluded place until we got there. Our car was the only one parked at the trailhead and after three miles on the trail, one set of footprints appeared in the snow going the same direction as us. There were no footprints coming back out. We even yelled and clapped a bit to make sure whomever it was wasn't hurt or stuck but got no response. We were in the car on the back roads where I live, and it was night time, we were the only car around, no city lights, but as we are driving I hear my mom say oh shit I look up to see some type of creature that didn't move in a forward motion but sideways and it darted in cornfield. It had four legs, it almost looked like a man but I don't want to call it that due to its rapid side movement, think of a crab. I was out in the woods in Bedford, Pennsylvania the first day of deer season. Heard what sounded like something running around to my right, it really sounded like a dog running. I take out a flashlight and shine it where the noise is and there's nothing in sight. I put the flashlight away and around 5 minutes later I hear the noise again. I shine the light and again, nothing there. I periodically heard the noise after that, but I didn't bother shining a light again. I figured it was a coyote but still kinda creepy. Friend and I were 13 years old and way back in the woods building deer stands before bow hunting season. A solid 3 miles from anything. We're heading home late as the sun is setting, carrying backpacks and tools, talking and laughing. We're walking along a fire road and immediately to our right about 20 yards away someone shoots a shotgun directly over our heads, you could hear the shot hitting the trees on the opposite side of the road. We hit the deck with ears ringing and didn't move a muscle. 
The shots came from out of a large area of bramble and tall grass so it was impossible to see anyone. We started whispering our plan to each other, which consisted of yelling hey, Therese someone here. Thinking maybe it was an idiot poacher thinking we were deer, believe it or not it happens, a lot. Then the scariest part was there was zero response, no movement or anything. So plan B was to count to three and haul ass with backpacks pulled up to try and protect the back of our heads. We were both fast on a normal day but we were never faster than when we were running down that road. We decided not to tell our parents or the cops since we didn't technically have permission to A, be on the land and B, to be building deer stands on it. Our theory is it was some crazy ass poacher who didn't want two kids in his territory and thought scaring them would do the trick. He was right. Was on a solo hike or camp. Popped my tent up around dusk in a hydro cut in a wood and settled in for the night. I have a tarp I use as a footprint for my tent, just to smooth out the rocks or roots or whatever all else is on the ground. It's only slightly larger than my tent itself, maybe an extra 16 feet on one side I use for a shoe mat. Anyway bedding down and a few hours into sleep when I start hear a chorus of coyotes yipping from a little ways off. Over a course of 20 or so minutes, maybe a little shorter, the calls start getting louder and I realize they're getting closer to me. Calls at this point are loud and numerous so I figure there was a few of them around. At the point where it sounds like they can't get louder they all simultaneously shut up. It's quiet for 15 or so seconds, felt about a year, and then I hear paw steps on my tarp directly outside my door, right next to my head. I'm usually a pretty calm guy and generally good with animals but I totally filled my pants at that point. The coyote sniffed a few times at my tent and then walked off the tarp, they didn't make a peep after that. Next morning I packed up and was hiking down the hydro cut towards the initial yipping and saw a portion of thickety woods that had scratch marks on some of the trees, figured it was near their den. Whoops. I like to explore and there's some woods by my house that my neighbors gave me permission I go in. So they know I go there sometimes just to walk or to explore with friends. So there's this old bridge that somehow was knocked down and I enjoy going there so one day I figure I'll make a cool video edit of it. So I ride my bike to the green way by the creek it's and I start down and everything is fine. I get to the fence line that's down hop it, still have permission here, so I push my bike a bit farther than unload leaving my bike hidden with my pack not sure why hidden but I don't want anything to happen to it. So I start to walk to the bridge with two GoPros one on a chesty another on a selfie stick. I get there take some cool pictures and video I'm finishing up and realize crap I didn't get b-roll. So I start recording again just getting standard shots when all of a sudden I hear a truck or youth pull up which I thought was weird. Since my neighbors were not home, and it's a overgrown grass lane leading to the bridge also you can't see the bridge from the road. Also my neighbors would have seen me enter their property so I start to leave since I have no idea who it is. Then I heard them beep, I can hear it on the video. So I hide behind a pine tree I know smart then someone yells hey at this point I just run to my bike and leave. I still have no idea who it was and the last time I went back alone I got weird feeling and left.
Also not the only strange thing that happened to me here. I was out backpacking with a couple of friends in the Marble Mountains of California. We were out on this trail, maybe 25 or 30 miles from the nearest road. We'd hiked up this lake on a saddle back of a mountain. Had a small glacier slash snowpack waterfalling into the lake. Seriously beautiful country. So most nights I spent what little light I had reading Dreamcatcher by Stephen King, and we went out on day hikes for several days. So the last full day we were there, we were out on this trail in the countryside, and the freeze-dried meals finally caught up to me. I hoofed it off the trail, dig a hole at the foot of this giant pine tree, and put my back against the tree too. Well. Do my business. I'm facing the hillside, and about 50 feet above me up the hill is a rocky outcrop. As I'm there with my pants at my ankles, I'm watching this small black critter of some kind or at least I thought it was a small black critter, kind of shuffle back and forth. I'm kind of dumbfounded by this thing. Its proportions are seemingly all messed up. Huge eyes, and tiny almost minuscule ears. And I can't see any feet. Suddenly the giant jet black glossy eyes meet mine. And it stands up. I realize the proportions weren't messed up, I was only looking at what was whatever this thing's head was. It's incredibly thin and just as black, weasel-like, but at least five feet long. And standing motionless with its eyes locked on my own. It was only a few seconds, but it felt like an eternity staring into Stephen King's shit weasels. I was startled by the sound of shit hitting the ground at my feet. Yes my own shit scared me. I looked back at the rocks and it was gone. I didn't even wipe. I yanked my pants up and sprinted back down to the trail white as a sheet. My buddies kept asking what was up, but I didn't want to sound like a lunatic. Eventually I did tell them what I saw around the fire that night. My bud Luke said it may have been a fisher. Some massive weasel-like thing. Todd thought he'd heard that a breeding pair of wolverines had been spotted in the area. I'm sure it was one of those things, but for that brief moment in time, Stephen King's shit weasels invaded my world. I never hiked so fast on the way out. Australia, deep desert, northwest Kimberley region. A week of four-wheeling around various and sundry interesting places, sacred sites, by invitation, desert oases and endless long red stretches of sand, spin effects and loneliness in between. Me and the guide decide after an afternoon of 42C and devil dust, it's time to set camp. We get ourselves into a little bush river, dry during our visit for the most part but still a few pockets of water around. Decent swimming if you ignore the snakes. The stones have to be described. The Kimberley region is like one gigantic rusty piece of ancient scrap metal with blue mineral rich and endlessly old stones and rock formations peeking through the iron-laden dust and sands. Around our dry river bed, the most comfy flat spot, smooth and consistently sized pebbles have gathered, river and desert and sun formed into very comfortable round smooth stones. It's better than the dust and spinifex, so I dig a little depression, chuck my sleeping bag in it, lay down and proceed to watch the universe rise over Australia with my boots on. About an eternity of stars later, 
I'm in one of those desert sleep funks, half awake. It's pretty dark by now, no moon, and I can't really see well anyway, dusty eyelashes kinda glued shut. I'm snoozing when suddenly, about a meter away from me, I hear a very loud talk, something very alien, and yeah, I'm wide awake. I look over but I don't see anything. I cast a glance over to my mate, but he is fast asleep, snoring into the dust. I look back, and again, nothing. Thinking I must have just been lucid dreaming, I try to snuggle a bit deeper into the river stones, close my eyes, and try for some more of it. About a minute later, another huge talk, super loud, and this time I'm up and on my feet. Still, there's nothing there. Just me and Sleeping Beauty, and the big wide desert. Okay, that was enough for me, I went and slept in the car, which is nasty in that region. So as I get up and get ready for breakfast, my guide comes over, already freshly pissed and ready for action, and tells me we were visited last night by the owners of this land and they gave us, me, permission to stay here as long as we want, cause they reckon you're a dancer. I swear though, there was nothing there. I looked and looked. Well, we stayed and I got into my second night into the holes in the river stone a lot less freaked out about the talks, since it was just the owners giving us permission and all that. Again though, I get through the night and about halfway through, wake up. I look over to the spot I reckon I'd heard the talk, just for grins, and this time there is a huge, looming mass, darker than the spots in the night sky furthest from the stars, just a few meters away. I can make out no shape, no discernible figure, and by this time I have the idea in my head that I'm just dreaming again, so I try to sleep. And I do. About a few snores later I wake up again and have another look. It was camels. Also come to sleep on the comfy river bed.